Hey everyone, what up? Hey, this is episode one of No Me Digas. No Me Digas. The introduction. I am Tor. In this episode, I will discuss my name and I will give you some history about myself and why I am doing this podcast. On this episode, we'll also feature my producer, Filiberto, who's amazing. We'll have a little chat. Um, I'm really excited about this project, and hopefully you will enjoy it. I mean, I know you will. But anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Hi. Hey, what up? Good morning. Good morning. Is it morning? No, it's afternoon. All right, cool. Okay. You should probably say who you are, just to... Just to sort of break through the the tension of the unknowing. Yeah. So, I am Tor. My name is Tor. um, And that's... It's new. Um, Well, what I did, basically, is I took the heck out of my name. Because it's Hector. So, I just took H-E-C out and left the Tor. And there you have Tor. And that is who I am. Um, And it's... It's interesting because it's it's my decision, but yet it's it's weird going through this process. Um, well, it's it's weird to make intentional decisions, right? Which is, right, exactly. Which is, which is weird that it's weird. Yeah, and it's just you know having to just just tell people, oh, by the way, my name's Tor, um, and of course people have questions, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, it. It's weird um, having to explain myself over and over again, but it's important though. It's important because you know. So now um, you can just send a link to this podcast. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> I'm gonna like make cards and just be like, "Oh, here, just just listen to this." I literally did a blog post where I explained my tattoos, so I don't have to. Like, yeah. And like you know, you get a tattoo, a giant sleeve on your arm. There's an expectation you have to deal with something. Yeah. It's fine. But after a while, it was just like, just read this. I can't. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an identity thing too. Um, I, I am non-binary. Um, so that just, it, I'm, I don't identify as male or female. So in terms of pronouns is always an issue, especially working in customer service right. where, you know, people call me sir all the time and it's just, it's only like moment interactions, but yet it's, it bothers me, but at the same time, like, you really can't blame them because they don't know. And Sir's already bad enough. Right, exactly. That's just weird on its own. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's everything. Um, and that's why I'm, I created the show, though, is um, not to tell the world who I am, but more so... Um, <laughs> right. To clarify that. Yeah. Just to clarify that. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. it's completely me, about it's you. completely about me. Yeah. Um, because that is who I am. I am extra like guac. Um, so... You're what? Extra like guac. Like guacamole? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, guac is extra. Like, as in, in terms of, like, ordering it? Has yeah, to extra? it's, it's oh. extra. <laughs> I never heard that. Well, it's, it's new. <laughs> Just oh, like God, my name. Happening. Hashtag extra so, like guac. Where, where does the... I mean, what, when did you start wrestling with the idea of changing your name and, and sort of, I mean, and it's parallel with the, with the identification as being gender non-conforming, like, I get right, so. Yeah. So they both probably have a similar origin, I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, so it's, it's just, um, and it just happened one day where I, 
Oh, I'm going to admit this, but so for some reason, the movie Bring It On came into my head. <laughs> and there's a scene in the beginning where Kristen Dunst's character, her name is Torrance, and like her like douchey boyfriend comes and gets her and he gets out of the car and he's like, I got the door tour. And like all of a sudden like that, when he said tour in my mind, I was like, interesting. I'm intrigued by the way that sounds. Okay. And then... As, like, an aesthetic. Yeah. I was like, tour. Hmm. I like it. And then I just thought it just made sense. Um, because it's still part of my name that was given to me by my parents, you know? But it just takes away the... Um, I guess it takes away the ritual from it. Because my name was Hector because my dad's name is Hector and it's that, you know, tradition where the firstborn male is named after the father. And my whole life, I never really felt comfortable with that name. Like, when I was little, I hated it. So nobody called me Hector. Everybody calls me Eddie by my middle name. Oh, okay. Um, But it was just that thing for, like, I never wanted to be Hector because that wasn't my name. That was my dad's name and I wanted to be me you know I didn't want to be like my dad I wanted to be my own person so so Eddie was like my name and then once I graduated high school and entered the real world I was like once you left Texas basically right well no it was still in El Paso like once I got like my first like uh-huh. job I was like Ugh, I'm not gonna like go through life like explaining to people oh I go by Eddie because that's just ridiculous so then I just Went back to Hector, and then I embraced it for the longest time because Hector is very, it's a very Mexican name. And then I'm moving here to Minnesota, surrounded by white people. Like, it was kind of important for me to keep my Mexican identity. Um, So then I embraced it even more, and like, I loved it. And I just, I fell in love with the name Hector again. Um, or actually for the first time, because I never really liked it. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, like, as time went by, um, got older and started discovering myself more, it just, I realized that it, there's still, like, that, that ritual behind it. There's still that, like, I guess my past is still there, and it's... So you're trying to... Break that a little bit. Yeah. Sounds like. I'm trying to break free from my past, which, of course, everyone wants to, but it's not possible. The past is always with the, you. the parts of our past that we don't yeah. enjoy. Right. But I do want to embrace it, though, and that's why I'm keeping part of it, you know? So, like, I'm keeping part of it. I'm just keeping, like, the more fabulous parts of it. Right. And just... Well, then, the, the sort of discovery within sexuality requires us to break from our past because our ba- our past is partly what like the things that like shape us as children are the things that like we fight against right exactly um the rigidity of gender like well the, yeah i mean it's an ability to explore it or whatever yeah i mean it's all a social construct i mean we we were taught that there were two genders and like you know if you were one gender you would follow you know you'd go through a specific path and um that was that there was no questions about it like that's what you did um i mean i knew i was gay ever since i came out of the womb i'm sure (laughs) and i just didn't realize i was gay until like middle school when you know when all the other little boys were talking about girls and i was like 
have no clue what you see in them. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I wasn't attracted to the boys either. Like, right. I was just like... It's, but you didn't have a necessity to label yourself yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually, yeah, it, like, took me forever to come out of the closet. And, um, I mean, my friends still make fun of me for it because I was, like, super flamboyant. And, like, I was just like, I'm not gay. And was, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and everyone's like, uh-huh. Um... And then, yeah, it came out, and then it just, I never really felt comfortable, um, like, being gay, and that was the one thing that I struggled with for years. Like, I never understood why I wasn't comfortable being gay, and so I was like, so am I straight then? Well, I just what never does really, discomfort mean, though? I just, I never felt, it never felt, I guess it never, it never felt easy. Like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Like, it never felt like... It didn't feel like it answered something. Right. Or... It just... It was... It always... I always get reminded of that whole, it gets better thing. Because <laughs> for is, me, I'm just like, awful. okay, when though? <laughs> you know? Because it just... It's like, for the longest time, I kept waiting for it to get better. Because it's like, oh, I know that I'm gay now. Cool. Like... You know, I'm ready world, and it just never... Well, because just, I think, I think the resolution around identity opens up other questions. Yeah. Like, tensions, right? Like, similar but unrelated. Like, when I, when I made an explicit decision, I remember thinking this as a child, like, maybe my mid or early teens, I made an explicit decision to always refer to myself as Fidi Barthel. Mm-hmm. Right? Different yeah. than what you're describing, terms yeah. of linkage and past and stuff, but, like... It wasn't so much around my father, because we have the same name, but it was more about, like, I always wanted to make, to feel affirmed... In my in my heritage and in my primary language, mm-hmm. or language I was raised in, yeah, and so that meant not being called Phil or Philip or whatever bullshit else comes up, Filiberto. But that means that I'm constantly in a process of like what I explained living in Minnesota is that I always experienced prejudice with my name, yeah, from the beginning, yeah, right. That's where prejudice starts for me. Yeah. And it sucks, but like it does suck. I don't ever de- I don't ever regret like making that decision as a child. No, and I constantly affirm that decision all the time. Yeah. I can also change it whenever I want to. Right. I don't. I don't. But you're just embracing your name. You're but it is a question of identity. Yeah. And people, how people relate to you, and it yeah. causes other things. And you're like, oh, well, those are unintended consequences. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and then well, too, and then you. So for me, being gay, then the discrimination comes not just from straight people, but from your own fucking community, which is even like, that was even more mind blowing to me. Like, oh, you're judging me still, even though like we're both like on the same team. Went through this journey to like find identification. Yeah. And like, I'm being rejected by my own identity. Like, what the fuck is that all about? Well, Um, what's the rejection been like or what? Well, uh, from, well, from physical appearance, you know, I was too fat. Uh, I guess within the gay community, but, you know. Well, my experience within the gay community uh, was, I was, from the get-go, I was too fat to be gay. Okay, similar. Yeah, which was like, okay, cool. Um, And then being in El Paso, where it's, you know, Uh, very machismoism, I was too feminine, you know. So you, so it. I mean, you just mentioned your mom and also having the same claim. So was there a parallel between the way you're rejected within, like, Mexican society writ large or Southwest society writ large in the gay community? Um, That's kind of what you just described, I guess. Well, I just, 
I mean, yes. That so basically, my first experience coming out was within my own community because in El Paso we're all Mexican. Right. So coming out, being like Chicano, like that was a whole thing. But then, well, I guess I never had to come out to white people because like they already knew, <laughs> you know. <Right>. So, <laughs> they figured it out on their own. Um, but what did happen though is. Um, having the whole, like, white men attracted to you because you were Mexican or because you were Chicano, like, that was also a whole other thing that I never really well, cause it's a re- thought about. Well, then, then that becomes, like, a rejection of your personhood and mm-hmm. more of an acceptance of an aesthetic. Yeah. But it's still rejection. Yeah, it's rejection of, like, they don't really see you as a full person. They see you more as, like, just a fantasy, just, like, you're a thought. Basically, mm. or I heard curiosity. Th- yeah, I heard that the young people call like that's what you call like sluts now. Thoughts. What? Yeah, apparently it's Sots? a thing. Thoughts. Oh, thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it's like T H O T. Oh, like you're a thought. And I was like, that is fucked up. That's intense. It is very intense. But anyway, mm. just wanted to like point that out, just in case there's any older folk listening that don't know the word thought is slut now. Hmm. According to these youngins, we're old. Uh, yeah. I know. I still feel pretty young, but then I'm totally out of, like, sync with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I mean, so so it sounds like there's been a sort of general struggle just to find a home in your identity. Yeah. So does gen- does being gender non-conforming or identifying as such give you... Does it is it feeling like a better sense of home for you? It is because... And I just, and the reason why it feels more comfortable is because I recently, or less in, or I should say in the last few years, I've met other non-conforming people mm-hmm. and just having conversations with them and not even about like our sexuality, just talking to them, you know, about random stuff. I'm just feeling that really I just feel, yeah, I feel more yeah. comfortable. I feel more, I feel more at ease with them. And then I started just, doing my own research about like the terms like gender queer non-binary mm-hmm. um cisgender cisgender yeah because i didn't know what cisgender was for the longest time and i was like either. oh cool Until, like three years ago yeah um so just doing my own research on sexuality and not necessarily like interviewing people because that's because <laughs> being brown like that's what I'm used to, and I don't want to do that to other people. We don't want to treat people as pathologies. Either. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do your own research, you know. Um, but also, there's places that you can go and do that, you know, we'll talk to you about it. But um, but do your own research is what I want to tell people. Um, but yeah, so eventually just, just doing all the research, just thinking it out, figuring shit out, I just, I realized that this is, who I am. I'm, I'm well, what makes binary what, what makes it feel like home, though? Like, what? Can you give me a little more on yeah, that? Yeah, it's... So... I guess I would say this. Like, when I when I was little, I, I... I wished I was a girl. Like, I really wanted to be a girl. But I knew that I was a boy. You know? So, like, I wanted to be Cinderella. I wanted to wear, like, a white dress. Like, that was, like, my fantasy. Wearing, like, this big white dress. Um, and then waiting for Prince Charming to come. Like, that was, like... <laughs> that was, like, my fantasy when I was little. And then... Just growing up, like, 
I just, I was feminine. I, I was always, I'm always, I've always been feminine, but yet I always, like, I never, I never thought that I was a woman until I was a little bit older or an adult when I felt that it was kind of like, that's what I was being trained. That's what I was being taught, like, through society that, like, if you're, since you're so feminine that you're just, you're trans, that you, you know, right. you're just a woman. And so if there was a small period in time for, I, I thought I was trans. So you did explore that as a possibility. Too, I, yeah, I did because yeah. that's, you know, cause that I felt that would have explained it, you know, but, but no, I, I'm not trans. Um, mm. I'm non-binary because also I, I am feminine, but I also do embrace my masculinity. Um, as a, as a form, it sounds like. As a form. A, yeah. yeah. Also more, I guess more so fashion. I love masculine fashion. Right. Well, I guess when I, you know, we think of masculinity, it's like, we talk about masculinity as like a, an encounter with women, right? Which is yeah. also, I think, probably a problematic way to think about it. Yeah. Because that's, it's interesting because usually, like when you think about like, like our culture, like Mexican culture for like women are basically trained from like birth to like please their husbands. But in reality, men are being trained to, like, woo women at the same time. We just don't really talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. To pe- the peacocking. and Yeah. You know. We don't really talk about peacocking, even though it's ridiculous and it's, you know, silly. Yeah. But, um, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm beginning to slowly embrace my by my my body like i'm i'm becoming more aware of my body and how it moves and how i feel and and i like i'm slowly becoming like in love with my body i guess which is also something new because i've i hated my body for so long um and it's just this this whole feeling of actually embracing myself and embracing my body is kind of weird and new and um it's be getting it's becoming more comfortable well and i think i think generally what i what i get excited about of, of the sort of like consolidation or clarification around your identity is like it also is a very determinant or determined statement against your prior like identity or stage presence right that, yeah we're talking yeah, about that a little bit uh, like, yep i do it feels like the big gay mexican was important for you but it also like always was an answer or response to whiteness as opposed yeah. to like being where you want to be and how you want to represent yourself. Right. Yeah, so Big A Mexican, uh, it was, I don't regret it. Um, it just, what the goal was is I knew I was going into it and turning this character, turning myself into like a stereotype, like I knew it. But what my hope was is that it would reach people because of the stereotype, because they're so intrigued by it. But yet, when they would see me perform, like I would hit them with the hard stuff, and like they would get something out of it. And I feel like that happened for you know a few audience members, but in reality, though, it didn't really stick for most of the, for most of it. So I was a stereotype, and I just stay at a stereotype, which unfortunately was not the goal but um it happens i i learned that yeah it was i don't say it was it was a mistake but it was kind of a failure for what i really wanted what i really want to do right 
And also, I don't really identify with those three things anymore. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> there's, there's also that. Well, and I, I think, like, so, I th- so just to jump to me for a second. So, like, my role is to help you produce this podcast. Yeah. And help you, like, you know, step in, maybe do some interviews like I am doing now. But I think more so it's, like, um, it's been about, because it seems like the, the, your method and your, like, artistic performance has always been about communicating ideas and communicating aspects of your heritage or sexuality, whatever. And it just feels like using podcasts allows you to communicate on your own terms as opposed to trying to squeeze into a box or squeeze into a casting call or squeeze into an identity that is appealing to a a white theater audience. Right. Right. Like this is a chance for you to like really claim language tools, the relationships you have with people letting them speak their truth, right, as opposed to, like, being filtered through the white lens of a white stage. Yep, exactly. Um, Yep, and that's pretty much why I am leaving theater, which, I mean, I keep, I've said that for so long. Are we officially announcing that? I'm officially announcing it. Whatever. I don't call it, I don't, whatever, I guess I'm leaving, but, you know, I'll do something here and there. But you're not going to be pursuing it as intensely. No, not yeah. at all. Um, I just, I can't do it anymore. So we're dropping a lot um, of bombs in this little podcast. We are <laughs> dropping a lot of bombs, and I just, I'm going to be honest, like. Please do. I just, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot deal with, like, performing for only white people. And that's kind of, like, the main thing that does bother me about it. And it's just, I, it's. It, it is what it is, because that is what theater is. Theater is an art form that is primarily for white people. Consumed, developed by, funded right. by. Right, yeah. exactly. Which, honestly, like, it's been like that for years. And yes, things are changing. Um, it is progressing really slow. And I think it's wonderful. I just, I don't have time to wait around for it to get better. You know, and I know there's the whole, you know, I should try to make it better. And it's like, you know what? I've been trying for so long. And, like, I feel like I have accomplished things. Um, I've made people aware of things. Uh, but it's just, for me, it's not enough. And for me, at this point, I think there's bigger fights that I should be fighting and want to fight. Yeah. But- so... I just, I respect the art form. I Because res- it was my life for so long. It was all I ever wanted to do. Um, it's just, it was just disappointing in the end because it wasn't what I thought it would be. Which, not, you know, every things that you don't know tend to be what you don't think well, they're going to be. I mean, it sounded like you wanted it to be your home and it wasn't. And perhaps that was an unfair expectation too. Yeah, it really was. So I mean, it's not what theater was yeah. was going to be from the beginning, either. right? Exactly. So it was just a higher expectation, and it was just a, you know like a pipe dream, um, which was fine. It's fun, and it is it is beautiful. Um, I went to go see Hello Dolly the other. Well, it's not like weeks. this podcast isn't going to talk about theater, like right? Uh, well, theater, <laughs> theater is still going to be part of the conversation, but I think. Mm. I think the most profound thing that you've ever told me about, like, why you left that, like, I've been telling people as I've been talking about this podcast, too, is that, like, the one thing you said is that, like, you know, in a casting call, when you do auditions, they just won't, your your shape, your presence, your person will just won't be casted. Yeah. And that is, like, a really, I mean, when you talked to me about it before, like, that was a really painful, but, like, really profound conclusion. Yeah. That was also, like, I think really freeing for you. Yeah, it was. Especially because I did have directors, like, tell me, you know, like, I think you're really talented, but yeah, you, you're so hard to cast because of B, 
because of your structure and your your stage presence. You're such a big stage presence that you don't fit in an ensemble, but at the same time you don't fit in like you know you're, you know you're not like the leading man either. Um, Which is then like what the fuck? Right. So it's like what am I? But then it's also like being non-binary. Is like oh, okay, so well, of course I'm not a leading man because I'm not I'm not a leading man, you know. But I'm also not like an ingenue or leading lady. Like so, it's like what am I? There is no place for me in theater. Just kidding, there is. Just haven't found it. In... Our theater doesn't have a place for you, right? Right. But that's, I think that was the conclusion. I was like, wow, that's really damn. Mm-hmm. Like so when you when I heard you saying that, I was like, wow, that must have been really hard to get to that point. It was yeah. um, because. I mean, one time, I didn't. One time, a director actually flat out told me that I was too fat to be at his show, which was kind of painful. But, but I don't know. It is what it is, though, and it's just it's time to move on and um, and do do other things, do bigger things. Um, but I mean, like, I love the theater, though. It'll for there's always a special place in my heart for it. I guess. Blah blah blah. But, I mean, it's it's just, like, I think, you know, what, to me what it sounds like, what it feels like, this is just, like, a, this is a graduation from theater. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really wanted that, and you I made did. that experience happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you half-fasted it, like. No, I did. Really I made. And you figured out the contours and struggled with the contours and yeah. navigated the landscape. You know, it was awesome. Um, I went, I didn't, I mean, as far as, like, I guess, like the achievements that I have accomplished in theater or in art have been incredible. Like, you know, I was a fucking target model last right. summer. <laughs> you know, which that never thought that would ever happen. Right. Um, I had a play produced, you know, I wrote a play and it was actually produced. Yeah. Um, you've done some ensemble shows. You've, you've, yeah. chore- you've choreographed or not choreographed. You've um, put together things like, You've done a lot of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, done a lot of good stuff too, right. like notable work. And help you also. I mean, I've been really impressed with how much you've helped like young artists and musicians, like Phoenix artists and yeah. musicians, have a chance to yeah. get their shit out. I mean, yeah. that's been really good too. And that's another reason why this show is happening, though, is because I do want to continue doing more of that work. I want to showcase more Latinx folks. I want to showcase more of our community. And I want to talk about our stories. Um, I want to talk about our experiences. Um, let's talk about our issues. And um, I'm really excited about this podcast because it is a show for the Latinx community made by the Latinx community. Right. You know? And um, I this this show I do want everybody to listen to it. Like I want like I want everyone to listen to it. But I just want yeah. It's not like there's an ethnic firewall, right? Exactly. <laughs> like by all means, please and please listen to it. You know, like I really want to be talking about important shit. You know, like it's gonna be great. Um, it's an exploration for myself and everyone who wants to listen. Like I really want I want to learn stuff. And just to have everyone listen to it and learn with me, you know? But the, the question here is, like, the, and I struggled this lo- a lot with Alwateke. Like, it's not, the distinction is that we're not producing this to be accessible to white people, but we're also saying you can't listen to it. It's just that we're speaking to each other. Right. We're talking to each other, and there won't be any code switching. There won't be any, like, distortion of, like, 
the, our our rage or our passion or our enthusiasm right that there, we often have to do when we're interacting with white folks right there won't be on today's episode right. we will have we like now i want to know what it, traditions we have like, no we're not going to do that because we're you know it, there's that's not how we speak to right each other. we're not going to explain what dia de los muertos no. is we're just going right. to be mad about the fact that how it gets distorted <laughs> no, and like have. that's what's your that's what, you know whatever <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I that's, don't, that's the distinction to me. And that's, what yeah, you know. that is a distinction is I am, I'm not, we're not going to be explaining our culture. We're just going to, we're going to be talking about We're it. not going to be cultural tour guides, right. tour guides here. We're going to, you know, if you're going to listen to this, like, you know, you're going to hear what people have been through, how they see it, what goes on, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You're going to hear the truth. Which, uh, you know, is redeeming and liberating. Yeah, it's. It's awesome. Um, I, I, I can't wait. Not to, sell um, it, not to sell it too hard. but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and of course, well, you should already know this, but it's, you know, it is called Norma Diaz, right. uh, which is, I love that name so much. Yeah, it's good. Um, People have been excited about that a lot. They have been excited about it. It just makes me really happy. Except for my mom, of course. My mom was like, Ay, no me digas que. What? <laughs> yeah, she, just, she just demonstrated why it's cool. I know, exactly. I was like, exactly, mom. That, that sassiness exactly. and attitude. Exactly. Yes. No me digas. Right. <laughs> so, I love you, mom. Um, yeah, I'm so... I'm thrilled. Um, so, I'm just going to use all my... All my learnings from theater and school and... And your networks. And my network. That's what I'm excited about. I mean, so most of the... It feels like most of the episodes will end up in this living room. Yeah. And so I'm excited to have that sort of energy in the house and right. that sort of vibrancy and the yeah. constellation of people. And yeah, and it's going to force me to clean my room every day, which is right. great. Which is good. Yeah, my bed will be you're made. Gonna, you're not going to interview somebody every day. Well, yeah. no. Hopefully, I mean, maybe <laughs> one day, <laughs> maybe, maybe. ten years maybe like from now, two a week or something. When like I become that. Oprah, maybe. So it pays you for this, actually. Exactly. We'll always accept sponsors. Always, <laughs> exactly. Starting now, especially really uh, random ones like H and R Block. <laughs> well, it took a second to support the thing. I just, I really hope Cricket reaches out. <laughs> <laughs> I really want it to be sponsored by Cricket. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> They do. They do. Like they probably do the most intensive like uh, advertising in urban communities. <laughs> right. They right? Do. Like, and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> or like in LA, like when I was driving through LA, because I grew up in LA and I go back a lot. There's a lot of ads from um, rent-to-own tire places and like um, and shit. Yeah. You know, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. they're really quote after us. Oh my god. In El Paso, there's a lot of lawyer commercials. Those with you. Those with you. Those with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, from, like, like medicines that you took that, like, are now, like, being recalled to, like, car crashes. <laughs> yeah. Endless to, chasers. Right. Yeah. So, Helica was, like, pushing me about it. She was like, well, Hector needs to come up with a very succinct thing for the show. Because I just, I don't, what's he doing with it? And I was like, we'll get there, Helica. Calm yes, down. we will get there. So, what, but for now, what's, what's the scribble? What's the basic scribble? The first draft of what you were going to be focusing on or you're going to be focusing on the podcast? Right now, um, we're gonna we're it's. I'm gonna be honest with you. We're gonna test it out. So, um, Amanda Rodriguez is gonna be my first guest, and I'm like calling her out because that means she has no choice. She has to be my first guest right. now. Just kidding. She wants to do it, but we will be t- we'll be having a 
discussion on EDI, which is equality, diversity, inclusion work in the workplace. Um, just because her and I have done so, we've gone to like so many like workshops and events and, you know, just, you know, basically teaching companies like to be more inclusive. Right. And as you say all that, I'm just getting so nauseous. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to dedicate a whole episode on that. It's, just, it's become such profoundly oppressive language. It's become a thing. And like, you know, now or, there's companies are hiring people for that. Sp- thousands of dollars. Yeah. For their like the EDI manager, whatever they're called, like yeah. coordinator. But don't, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I would love to get into some of that sweet, sweet EDI consulting cash yeah oh i mean yeah same yeah, i've I mean, actually been like looking into it to yeah, be yeah, honest yeah. with you like there's a lot of money on that and now i can be like oh so like i i do a podcast <laughs> you know <laughs> we'll be explore um okay so we got amanda coming up th- we got amanda coming up um angelica's gonna be there somewhere angelica yeah she better angelica call out <laughs> Call me. Actually, I should call you because you're really busy. She's very busy. You're, but yeah. She just bought a house. She's I know. Busy. Lucky. Um, but then there's a few others. My friend Dulce said she'd do it. Dulce owns Dulceria Bakery. I'm calling her out as well. Or calling her in. I'm calling her in. Calling her in. Dulce. Dulce, we think you're great. I will be in touch. Um, but I mean, I want to talk about her bakery. Um it's a vegan Mexican bakery. Like follow on Instagram. She's actually, their Instagram game is hot. I know. So good at it. And if you see if they go if they do a pop up shop anywhere, they always sell out within minutes. Yeah. Well, she sells out every day, like right. at also her own bakery. Day. Like yeah. so, she's coming on the show. Um, I'll, I'll pop in every once in a while. Yeah. Talk it's about articles be great. that I'm writing around immigration or labor or whatever. But one of one of the other things that I really do want to create or want to help build is I want to build, help build community. Um, and I, I feel like we can do that just by, just by listening and talking to each other. So it's like being more aware of each other. Right. Um, because I've been networking with a couple of Latinx folks and, um, we've all agreed that it's really hard to network with other Latinx folks here. What do you think that is? I don't, for me, I, I guess for me it's hard because I don't, interact with a lot of latinx folks here in on the daily because i don't like where i work there's really not a lot Mm. like you know going going to the stores you know like just my neighborhood there's there's really not like a there's not a lot so Mm. i i don't really get the opportunity to but also i don't try so i mean that's the other thing yeah i guess there isn't like there isn't like if i wanted to meet a bunch of latinx folks there's no like where would I go? I don't even know where I would go. Right. And I have a lot of Latinx friends, and I encounter a lot of Latinx folks, but, like, you know, it's mostly through obvious places, like the Chicago Studies Department at the U, right. or, you know, I work part-time at La Doña Cerveceria. And like, yeah. I end up networking there a lot, too. Yeah. And then I know there's a there's a dance party that happens, like, every month, I think, at Honey, called Noche Chingona. Right. Which, um, I hear that was actually pretty amazing. Yeah, Talia's awesome. Digger. So, yeah. I want to go to that. Um, so I mean, there's, it's, it's out there. It's just, there's not a lot and it is hard to find, but it's also on our own fault. Cause I think like we don't put in an effort, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. At least I know I don't as much as I should. And that's why I'm doing this podcast as well, because I'm putting in an effort. Well, I guess from those of us that, like, come from more Latinx-heavy environments like Texas and California, like... Yeah. I didn't have to build community. It was just there. It was just there, exactly. Because that's kind of the challenge. Like, yeah. I built a lot of community through through music and producing shows mm-hmm. and working with Miguel on that. So that was really great. But there was... I didn't appreciate how, like that because there had never been a regular like Latinx music experience that mm-hmm. we actually built community by creating that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's pretty much the gist of it. I I it's it's really scary. I I what didn't think it was gonna be this scary to what actually is, do what's it. Scary, Victor? You know, I don't know. I I'm I'm really good at putting myself out there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you put yourself out there in a very cu- cu- curated way. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a little is more that, raw, Like now I'm just like breaking the rules and just coming out as tour. And it's like I'm a gender outlaw, which me and my friend Hal had this whole thing a few months ago about. But yeah, owning that, owning that I am a gender outlaw. Um, I feel like that should be like a comic, like tour, gender outlaw. I mean, you just, yeah, you just, you dropped a lot of bombs just yeah, now and you're making did. a lot of like, you're, you're offering a lot of clarity as to like how you want to approach the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, that must be pretty big. It's huge. It's ridiculous. But I think that's also why, um, why relationships have been a struggle as well. And that's one thing that I haven't really realized. Like I didn't realize like, until now. Like romantic relationships. Yeah. Cause again, with every romantic relationship that I've had this far, it was, there was never, I was never, like, comfortable, like, fully, you know? And I think in, with a relationship with somebody that you truly love, that you should feel 100% comfortable with Because you felt them. that, like, unresolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was always, like, something not... Something didn't really fit. There was always, like, some little thing. And I thought, for me, I was like, I'm just so picky, you know? But in reality, I'm not really that picky. I just... There's just something there that's not just the there. Points of contact are different. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I realized this when I became a full time journalist and started really claiming my identity as a writer. That like, it started really shaping who I was spending time with. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, like who I want in my life now isn't like a drinking buddy or someone to like, I don't know, go running with or whatever. Not that I ever did that, but like. I want other. I want to be surrounded by people that encourage and support my writing. Yeah. So I understand writing to be not just the most important thing that I do, but it's also where I feel most complete in speaking and where my voice feels the strongest. So yeah, now that I have this clear like passion and interest, it's like I just want to keep building on top of that and encouraging it, enabling it, and, and that's shaping who I spend time with quite a bit. Yeah. And how people receive me. Like, I'm just an, a happier person now. Yeah. I, like, I've, I've more, which is easier to talk to, I'm more approachable, I'm not cranky on a regular basis as much as I was before. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, I feel, actually, I do feel the same way. Um, like, I, I do feel, I feel much happier, and it's, and yeah, I'm with you. I've, there's a lot of people that I that I stopped hanging out with. I, I changed the group of people. And there was... I'm not saying that they were terrible human beings. Like, they weren't terrible people. They're pretty great. It's just I... I, 
I, I changed, you know? Well, your and, priorities are shifting. Yeah. That's and fun. I just needed to, needed to move on. Um, and it's, that's been really painful and it's been really hard. Um, but it's getting better. Um, and yeah, meeting a whole new variety of people <laughs> has been interesting. No, and I think that's what's going to be fun about the podcast is not just meeting those folks, but also saying, hey, I think you're awesome. Can I interview you? Yeah. And Can we be friends? <laughs> you know, friends. let's be, <laughs> let's build community. Um, I just, yeah, I'm really excited to just talk to everyone. I really want to meet everyone. Um, I know it's really broad, but I really do. I want to meet everyone. You know, I want to meet artists. I so want to if meet. someone wants to be on the podcast, how should they... If somebody that. wants to be on the podcast, yeah. they should contact me um, via email, which, now that I think about it, I actually should create an email. I'll, I'll add that into the <laughs> Yes, we will. There will be an email that has not been created yet, but it's going to be created. Ah. Uh, this is the first episode. Right. There's, right. Like, there's still things we have to sort There's still like, things we have to oh, sort yeah, out. Address. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But yeah, it's going to be email. Um, you'll get the email. Um, and also, if you have topics that you want to talk about, like let me know. If you have tips. If you have any tips. Yeah. <laughs> I like the tip line at the end of like the cop shows. Like, <laughs> America's Most Wanted. If you got, if you got any tips, like, call 1-800. Bust. Bust. Yeah. Bust criminals. Um, oh, I met some guy the other day that reminds me, and um, I forgot where I met him, but I told him I was from El Paso, and he mentioned that there's like some TV show that El Paso is always on because it's like some cop show. Oh, yeah. It's um, True TV. No, True PD, I think. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. it was my Uber driver. He was the one. And then. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, they're always in El Paso. And I was like, yep, the safest city in America. Because <laughs> it's true, El Paso is the safest city in America. Okay. It... <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means either, but that's a fun fact about El Paso. What, um, what should people know about me? What should I mention? We're kind of winding down now. That's true. What should we know about you? Well, so you are the editor of Workday Minnesota. Yes. Um... And what I, what I want to know is, what is your favorite color? Oh, God. You know I hate these questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of tattoos on my body, half of which are in color. And so there's a very prominent color in the tattoos that mm. somebody said... I, I think the tattoo artist described it as seafoam and somebody said it's something else. I don't actually know what the color is. What the name of the color is. So is it a green? It's a blue. It's blue. So your favorite like, color is blue. No, but like, it's just like aquatic blue. Oh, so aqua blue it's is blue. your favorite color. Well, maybe it is green. No, no it's blue, like a blue. blue. It's like a blue. Okay, cool. It's like an aqua blue, sorry. Okay, now for real, tell me about your life. So. No, what, I don't want to talk about my life. Like, what do people need to know about me and my life? <laughs> they need to know about your life. Hello, we're uh, Latinos. We need to know about your life. Uh, more specific question. No, yes. Um, just well, you what? So you're a journalist. Um, yes, I'm a journalist. What? 
what do you want people to know? Like, what stories do you want people to read about? Like, what inspires you to write? Like, what do you want to write about? Mm. Yeah, I've had to think about this a lot because I've applied for a lot of grants. And so I think what, uh, you know, I have a very broad mandate, right? Yeah. So focus on workers, mm -hmm. people that represent workers' interests, uh, unions, etc. Um, what I've really gotten really good into is the relationship between immigration, detention, and labor trafficking. So I focus on, uh, like, the construction industry and how immigrant folks get trafficked into that, how poorly they get paid, how they get exploited, and then also how rural county jails in Minnesota make money off deportation, make money off of this system, and in turn hand that money over to private interests who make gobbles of money out of it. So that's been a big focus for me in the last like year and a half, writing about prison labor, detentions in Sherborne, different things. So I think, I think, so the goal for me too is just to, every once in a while when I feel like something is significant or maybe you read something that I read that's meaningful and you want to explore a little more, mm -hmm. we could jump in on the podcast to talk a little more about it. Yeah. And where can people find your stuff? Workdayminnesota.org. And is that only because I find yourself on Facebook, but is Workday Minnesota its own website? I'm assuming mm -hmm. just workdayminnesota.org. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, if if you look at the analytics, uh, half the people that read Workday are just going on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. The other half get it through social media channels, which is, I think, a pretty good ratio. Yeah. Which means I'm growing out. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I used to have a podcast, and I just stopped having time to do it. Um, so I have a lot of experience producing podcasts, because I did do my own, and I interacted with a lot of other podcast producers. But uh, I think, yeah, at this stage of my career, it makes more sense to support other folks trying to create their own, which is why I'm supporting you and helping you out with yours. Because there are some technical aspects of it that are get to work through. Yeah. You know, Hector Tor, excuse me, Tor and I have gone through a couple of, like, practice rounds just so that Tor is comfortable with the equipment. Like, there are actual technical things you have to sort out. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. We'll figure that out. So also, if other folks are interested in producing their own, having their own podcast produced or have an idea for a podcast but just never have been around anyone to help them think through it, I'd be mm -hmm. happy to chat with you about said podcast. <laughs> and I'll put my email address in the show notes as well because it's too long to explain. Yeah. One more question, though. Because yeah. um, we have been... We talked about just being non-binary, well, me being non-binary and gender, but coming from a cis man, mm -hmm. how do you, like, what are your thoughts behind it? Behind what? Behind the term non-binary, because I'm, I'm always intrigued to hear, like, cis people's, like, take on it, yeah. just because I want to know where they're at, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, um... I come from a really, at times, I think, to my, um, in a way that isn't helpful, I come from a very theoretical orientation. Sometimes it isn't helpful, sometimes it is. So I think there's something really important about gender nonconformity as it challenges the, the binary systems that we find ourselves in. So it's not just about sexuality for me, it's about like the criminal justice system and someone being guilty or innocent or evil or good. Like these are not helpful binaries. These are not helpful binaries that allow us to complicate the way we live our life, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever we recognize something as not being binary, it's important and meaningful to me. And whenever we give people the space to find their clearest identity or best voice, that also means that we have to open up how, how identity works or how sexuality works. So 
That's my theoretical thing. But, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's super important. I certainly want to encourage folks and challenge myself to be, like, on top of and attentive to what that looks like and sounds like on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, also, if anybody out there knows anyone that wants to talk about the term Latinx, yes. um, that is actually a really important um, topic that I want to discuss um, because just the word is so, it's so controversial. It's become so, yeah. It's become so controversial, which makes me laugh because it's it's word, but... I mean, just the the many sides to it, how, you know, some people just think it's so offensive towards the Spanish language, and um, it's a colonial word, and it's colonialism, and and it's socialism, and, you know, how dare you change the language, but then there's the other side where it's like, well, we created this word to include everyone, you know? Well, and it reflects, I think, when I talk about musicians, it's very similar. It reflects the fact that we are, you know, Latino Spanish speakers, Latinx folks, Spanish speakers in the United States, and mm-hmm. our relationship to whiteness and our relationship to living in this country shapes the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And most of that's pretty awful and hard to navigate, but part of that is is being more sensitive to what gender is as yeah. a continuum. Yeah. And Latinx is a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, people have asked if the podcast will only be in English, and uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, unless something else um, comes up. I mean, unless something else comes up, but it's just, I was like, I'm going to come out as spa- my Spanish not being the greatest, and that's actually like a big deal. Um, so many, many, many Latinx folks will be judging me, which is fine. I guess you can judge me for not. Well, it's just part of part Spanish. of being raised in the United States is right. the fact that most of our span, like those of us that speak Spanish, is yeah. not that pretty. I know, but actually, I do want to talk about that in one of these episodes mm-hmm. um, because that is a it's a huge thing. Like when I went to the Cervecería and that woman called me bocho, like I was like, mm. I was highly offended. I was like, how dare you? And I, don't, I don't produce articles in Spanish not right. because I don't have an interest. I just I can't. Right. I can't reasonably right. produce that. I, right. That's out of my realm. I wasn't educated yeah. in Spanish. Yeah, same. I mean, I spoke. I mean, I grew up speaking Spanish because my grandparents didn't speak English. But um, I mean, it, it goes away after a while. Yeah. You do indeed have to use it or you lose it. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. Um, I, I'd say I'm probably more comfortable in Spanish than you are, but still, mm-hmm. it's really good. I, would, I never did any podcasts in Spanish. No, just not, no. It just, it wouldn't feel good. No, it wouldn't. That's the nature of the complexity of our identity. Yeah. Okay, we should probably start wrapped up. Is there any uh, final thoughts? Are there any last things you want to leave folks? Um, they've gotten this far. Yeah, I, hope, I expect they will. Hopefully, they have gotten this far. Hopefully, I haven't bored anyone. And if never, and if I did, well, well psh, get yes. <laughs> um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. If you're still listening, which I hope you are, um, there will be more episodes. Um, and I just really appreciate um appreciate the support. Um, this is it's a very exciting journey, and um. I'm, let's, let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm not going to lose anything. So. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. So, yeah. Thanks, Hector. Tor! Uh, My name is Tor! That's what I'm leaving everyone with. My name is Tor. Thank you, Tor. Mic drop. Okay. All right, bye.